Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Julian Carl and I'm the CEO and the co-founder of Synergen Group. I'm passionate about all things leadership and management, so passionate in fact that I decided to start a podcast about it. And here we are in season two and my purpose for the podcast remains the same, to raise the standard of leadership. In today's show, I introduce some content around this idea that we've been working on, which is around the five levels of customer value. Customers are the lifeblood of any business, and we should always be looking at how we can stack the value that we are providing to them. Now, during the episode, we will explore each of the five levels. The first is the product or service that you provide. The second is the experience your customers have when they engage with you. The third is the results your product or service delivers to them. The fourth is when you become a trusted advisor. The fifth is when you become a strategic partner. So keep listening and as always, we'd really like to hear your thoughts about the five levels of customer value. And if there are any leadership or management ideas or content that you would like me to explore on the show, please send me through an email or LinkedIn message. Now on with the show, happy listening. Welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian returns in 2019 with weekly conversations with leaders and authors from Australia and around the world, giving you the opportunity to share in their journey and learn from their expertise and knowledge. Julian also shares some of the tools and techniques he uses as a leader, mentor and facilitator, helping you to build your leadership capability and improve your confidence as a leader. Super excited to be back with you to introduce another uh, curriculum ecosystem episode for you. Obviously, this is the second one that we've done, which is part of that broader ecosystem that I've started talking to you about. And look, today's episode is really about something which I'm extremely passionate about, and it's something which I think a lot of organizations can actually take the time to step back and consider a little bit more. And I wanted to give you a framework for doing that. And it's this idea about the value that your product or service delivers to your customers. And I think it's a it's, it's something we should be thinking about all the time. It's something that we should be talking to our customers about. It's something that we should be marketing to our customers in terms of how we approach the customer-supplier relationship. So this framework came across it a little while ago, and it was developed by a marketing guy by the name of Anthony Reno, and just want to acknowledge that, that that was where the genesis of this idea started. Although what we've done is we have since then added a fifth level. We've tweaked it a little bit to suit what we believe works for us, and it really provides a good framework for you to step back and actually look at your business and the value that you're providing to your customers. So let's get straight into it. The lowest level of value that you can possibly provide to your customers, so level one value, is the product or service which you provide. That's that's the framework for it. But even though it's the lowest level, I am going to encourage you to really start to pull apart your product or service. One of the main reasons for doing this is this is going to become the foundation because as you move up the value hierarchy, you're really going to be able to focus on delivering more value, but you won't be able to do that if you haven't actually taken care of each layer as we go through it. I also would like you to think about it from this point of view as we go through the hierarchy that it's approached from the perspective of best practice. 
So what's best practice in your business? What's best practice in your industry? So the reason I want you to think of that is that the product or service that you provide needs to be able to at least match or beat your competitors, or you're going to have very little to start off with, very little to differentiate yourself. So if your product or service isn't at least equal, then where are you, where are you going to go with that? Where you, There's nowhere to go in terms of stacking value and providing a high level of value, which I'm pretty sure your competitors won't be. Now, it's important to also take time to reflect on what I call the trust time equation. So the way, the way this works is I'd like you to consider a standard sort of X, Y axis, and on the bottom is, is this idea of time and on the, the left-hand side of the axis is this idea of trust. Now, if you think about your personal relationships, the business relationships, however you want to look at relationships, you don't immediately just start trusting someone with every, every bone in your body. It takes time to build that trust. Now, when it comes to this uh, idea of the five levels of customer value, the same thing applies. When someone engages you for the first time, they're trusting you a little because obviously they engage you, but they're certainly not trusting you the same amount as if you've been working with them for five years or more. So it really does play a part in terms of this idea of trust and time. Now, to give you an example and to try to make this come real for you, what I am going to do is link it back to one of our products just to try to give you some insight in how you can start to approach this in your business. Because I do believe that leaders need to be focused on their customers. Leaders need to be making sure that their teams are focused on their customers. And what this framework will do is give you the means to do that. So let's talk about one of our products. And we'll choose one of the the, the simpler products we have, which is what could commonly be called the Certificate for in Leadership and Management. And that's one of the products that we take to market and we talk to existing clients, prospective clients, new clients about. Now, as of today, the day of recording, there are 533 other training companies in Australia where you can obtain the exact same qualification. The exact same qualification. It's got the same code, the same title. And on, and when you look at the piece of paper, yeah, sure, logos will be different, but the qualification title is exactly the same. So you could say that with 533 competitors that I'm in a pretty congested marketplace. So if you think about it, we need to look at it from a product point of view and say, okay, well, what does our certificate for in leadership and management, what does it need to be to be the best version of itself from a product point of view. So what I want to do is give you the, the, the insight into how we do that and how we apply this methodology internally. So the first thing that we do when we look at the product only is the availability we make to make the content custom if our customer wants it to be. Now that's something which probably some of those other 533 training providers also do but for us it's a very important part of how we go about things because our business model is based on not doing public programs and so we only do private programs meaning that we work exclusively with customers who engage us to deliver a program which they want custom to them so that's the first thing we do 
We also look at duration and we do that through the perspective of the customer lens. So how long would a customer ideally like a program to go for versus how long do programs need to go for through a compliance perspective? The number of days has been considered with our customers in mind. I mean, if you're putting 10, 20, 50, 60 people through a qualification, you start timesing that out by X number of days and starts to become a very big investment, not just financially, but in terms of people being away from their roles, needing to backfill roles, things like that. So we always think about that. We consider the pricing and, and, and how we fit in that marketplace. And I can tell you quite quite comfortably that we are certainly not the cheapest out there who are offering that qualification. We also look at the specific content that we include in that qualification. So making sure that that content itself, in itself is actually best practice. We consider the types of people that are going to go through the program. We consider how we're going to present the product. And we also think about who's going to train it. Because in any sort of face-to-face training environment, the trainer does play a big part in the product. Now, one of the things we have to do, though, is also look at what are called packaging rules, which the government basically tells us how we need to put this qualification together. So as we work through those questions and considerations, that allows us to work out that what, what makes our product equal or better to that of our competitors. Now, again, I'm going to say equal to or better because if you're at least equal, you're able to beat your competitors by stacking value in the other ones, in the other levels of the hierarchy. But what most businesses do, they stop with their product and it becomes all about price and they race to the bottom and essentially they don't end up adding any true value to the customer because a lot of products are good. A lot of products are good. If you look at the mobile phone market as an example, Apple products are good, Samsung products are good, Google products are good. They're all good. They've all got certain quality benchmarks. What makes people buy a different phone isn't so much the product, it's everything else which is attached to it. So when you are pulling apart your your product and really trying to dig down into it, I also want you to think about this this, uh, question which uh, I quite recently heard as I was listening to another podcast and I thought it's a great simple way of just sense checking your own version of what you're saying about your product. And essentially what you do is when you tell someone something about your product, for example, uh, what I said to you before that our product meets the needs of the packaging rules, you ask yourself the so what question. And that's coming, imagining that's coming from the customer perspective. And so you need to be clear in what your response to that is. And what that does is when you start pulling apart your products, you start really starting to find out, are you just regurgitating the same stuff? Are you saying something that's different? Are you saying something that's accurate? Are you saying something that's actually meaningful to your customers? So I really think it provides a good way for you to start to pull apart the first level of customer value, which is product. Now, the second level of customer value is this idea of the experience. Now, you can only go into this experience when you're completely comfortable that you've evaluated your product from every perspective and there is no way that you can stack more value into the product. Then it's time to move on, which is the experience your customers have as they engage with you. This is where you start to focus on all the other aspects of your business which support your product. 
quite often, this is where we can make significant improvements. And once again, I'm going to use one of our products to illustrate the point. So we probably do face-to-face training. If I stick with the idea of the certificate four in, in leadership and management, there's a couple of things we do which we believe impacts the customer's experience of that product. Starts with simple little business decisions like the fact that we print our training materials in full color and we use 100 GSM paper. So when someone turns a page in, in our materials or, or, or makes a note on it, they feel that difference. And that leads them to believe that they're, they're, they're part of something. They're part of something that has a quality level which some of our competitors don't have. We also like to think about what happens when someone rings through to the office. What's their experience when they ring through? So how do we answer calls? How much information can the person who's answering the call give to them? And we really start to to look at that point of view. We look at how much support we provide to our participants as they go through one of our programs. So if they're having difficulty answering something or they need clarification on something, how much support are we prepared to give them as part of the program? You've got to start looking at things like what our invoicing processes are. Because quite often now, with the software that uh, businesses use, invoicing is a very automated process. But how does that make someone feel when they're dealing with you versus they get a nice personalized email which has the invoice attached? So again, you've got to work out what's right for your business though because if you're putting out thousands and hundreds of invoices, maybe the personal approach isn't right. We think about things such as, well, how do they feel when they first start a program with us? So I know that when I'm still facilitating that uh, music is a big part of what I do. And so people arrive and there's this high level, high energy music pounding away. It starts to create a type of experience for them. We like to think about what's their experience on the day of training like. So are they moving around physically? Are they engaging? What, what, what are they doing on that day of training? We like to think about things like how do we issue certificates? So we always encourage our clients to have uh, graduation for their for their participants and, and how do we do that? Do we frame the certificate? Do we put it in a, in a piece of plastic? What do we do? Uh, how we've designed our training materials, are they easy to use? So can someone refer back to them easily? Do they have everything they need on the table? You know, things like pens, textures, highlighters, all of those things. These are all the little things which add to the experience that people have. And then even we dig down to some of the level around our enrollment form. So when someone has to enroll in a formal qualification, there's certain questions that we have to ask, but have we designed the form to make it as simple as easy to fill in for the people that are going through the program? Now, obviously, these are all points which relate to our specific product, but all of these contribute to the experience of our participants. So my question to you is how can you unpack and pull apart the experience your customers have when they engage with you? The experience of your customers can ultimately determine their satisfaction with you as a supplier. Their experience can create improvements in trust and confidence that you can start to deliver against the promises that you made. And again, I want to refer back to that idea of the time and trust equation. It starts to really move because now they've had two experiences of different types of value with you so they've had more time with you and their trust is starting to move up if you've delivered the value that you're seeking to deliver that's the key caveat here are you really delivering the value that you say you will
So imagine, think about the, what's going on in your competitors right now. Do you really think that they're looking at the customer through how much value can they stack into the product and how much value can they stack into the into the experience? Now, even if all you do, if all you do is focus on these two, I think personally that you're going to be miles ahead of many, many organizations out there, miles ahead. And so I'm really going to encourage you to take this back, start working on it with your team and start looking at, first of all, getting the product service right. Second of all, getting the experience right. And it's got to be best practice for your business. Don't get caught up in this idea of what's best practice for someone else's business because business is a very personal thing. Business is very driven by context. Okay? So really want you to be thinking about experience. So the third level of value that I want to talk to you about is this idea of results or business outcomes. And this is where you've really got to be starting to think about, does your product or service actually deliver? Does it achieve a result for them? Now, to do this, you need to be able to make sure that they can articulate what specific results they are looking for. So let me give you another example. One of our customers was very clear that when they engaged us to deliver a leadership program that succession planning was the number one measure that they wanted to look at. They wanted the people who were going through the program to be ready to move into a higher higher role because they could foresee that they were going to need that skill. They needed people ready to go. Now, my last conversation with the client, they gave me the data They said more than 54% of the participants had, since they finished the program, moved into high-level roles. They saw that as a success. They saw that as our product delivering the outcome that they were looking for. Now, our focus was purely on the results. So we made sure that, okay, if there's no other measure of success, but it is that succession planning and someone ready to move into a new role, if that's a measure of success, we're going to make sure that we do everything possible to deliver that. Now, of course, we'd already stacked the value in terms of the product and the, and the, and the experience that we're taking people through. And so then we're very much focused on the result and that comes out in things like how we flavor the conversations as we're delivering the training about ensuring people were ready to move into a new level of role. Now, look, I can't stress the importance of taking the time to ask your customer what is it that they're actually looking for. If you think about something which we can all relate to, which is cars, generally we all drive a car of some some shape or form. And it's quite often an example I use when I'm talking to people about the fact that people value things differently. Because you drive down, as you might even be driving as you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're going to see cars around you that are worth $10,000 and you'll see cars passing you that are worth $300,000. And so it's about understanding what drives people's motivations and what value are they actually looking for. So the person that's wanting to drive the $300,000 Ferrari, they're not just looking to get to point A to point B because that's a very expensive way to get to point A to point B. They're looking for more value and whether that value is how it makes them feel, uh, whether they believe that other people see them differently or whatever that value is, is it a status symbol that they need to have it because they need to project a certain image? Whatever it is, 
they're seeing value in driving the $300,000 car. Same thing happens with our customers. They all want something different. I'm thinking about another one of our customers right now. For them, it's about benchmarking. They want a standardized level of leadership throughout their business because they they feel as though the next five years for them, there's going to be a lot of opportunity and they really want to make sure that they have everyone on the same page and they're using our program as a way of talking about the company values, of having those difficult conversations, streamlining, breaking down silos, building relationships between different operational sites. So they've been very, very clear about the results that they're looking for. Now, I think about the conversation I had with one of their senior leaders about uh, two weeks ago when I was interstate, uh, just finished delivering their program. And, and one of the things that he mentioned is that he feels now, having us put through one program and then we're in the middle of the second program and we've got, I think, another three programs booked in, that he's starting to feel comfortable. He's starting to feel that the trust level is where it needs to be. So what's happened is we've gone through product and he likes the way we did that. We've gone through the experience of the consultation and the program development. He likes the way we do that. Now he can see that we're starting to deliver a result. And what what he's seeing is the fact that he doesn't need to be there every training session. So what that means is the trust and time equation is in play again. And what's happening here is the trust level's going up the longer that he, we're engaged with them. So it becomes a really, really important thing in terms of long-term customer relationships. I mean, I'd like to think that we're going to be working with this organization for, for a long time to come. And now we're playing with stacking value at three different levels. We're able to make sure that we're delivering an awesome product, got the experience down right and now what we're starting to do is really starting to focus in on those results so how are we going to measure those how are we going to articulate those so the third level of value is the result or the business outcome that you're able to achieve for your customers now the fourth level of the customer value hierarchy is this idea when you're suddenly in the place of trusted advisor so this is where you've had enough time and enough exposure to them, to the customer, that they're starting to see you differently. They're not just starting to see you as a supplier of a product or service, they're starting to see you as someone who they feel they can go to for some trusted advice. This is a really nice place to be in. If you're after long-term relationships, if you're after the ability to drive revenue and build customer relationships and build growth, you want to be in this place. Trusted advisor is where you want to be. Now, I'll give you an example of, of how that works. So one of our clients, we start off delivering a leadership program with them. So all that we were originally speaking to them about was a leadership program. Very comprehensive one, but a leadership program nonetheless. Now, what happened is, as things went along is they saw the way that we went about stacking value in terms of the product stacking value in terms of the experience, stacking value, in terms of the results we're able to deliver. And then suddenly, other training comes up because they feel that we're a trusted advisor. So we start delivering safety training to them. We start delivering train the trainer to them. We start delivering presenting programs with them. We start delivering strategy workshops for them. And the list of what we're talking to them about continues to grow. 
Now, the only reason we're in that position is because we're now seeing in a level four, which is trusted advisor, that if there's a learning, if there's a training idea, if there's any questions anyone has, they feel as though we're worth coming to. And not only because we're just going to do anything they want, but because they feel we will legitimately give them advice from a place of trust. Because remember, trusted advisor, advice from a place of trust, which is in their best interest, which is going to deliver them level three value, which is the result that they are looking for. So now you can see that the, the trust and time equation is coming to play again because trust levels have gone up because you've had longer time. But now what you'll do is you're looking back in time to what sort of result you want to deliver for them and what sort of result they want from you. So if you're in this trusted advisor place, it is the best place to be until you get to the fifth, of course. It's a really nice place to, to play. It's a really nice place to, to evaluate and think about the types of advice that you are providing. Because one of the things that you can uh, start to do is you get ready to journey into the fifth level of customer value is starting to think about strategy. And that's where this fifth level comes in. And so the fifth level is this idea that you are no longer a trusted advisor. You are now a strategic partner. You are someone who is not only seen as, oh, yeah, if we need to know something about training, we can we can speak to Julian. But you're in a position where you can go to your particular clients and customers and say, did you know, have you considered, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this is a delicate position to play. Because no one wants someone coming in saying, oh, you're doing this wrong. What they want is to know that you see it as a partnership. That's a long term. And so what we start to see happen is that there's a change in conversation. It becomes, have you considered this? We're noticing this. What are you noticing? So the question set changes because you're now looking at things from a strategic point of view. You're not just talking about, uh, something down at the you know the product level. You're talking about something that's five years in the future. You're talking about something three years in the future, a year in the future. You're starting to look at their business and their relationship through the lens of strategy and partnership. That is a very different place to if you are looking at the customer relationship through the lens of product and experience, which is where so many people look at it through. Here's your product. Here's your experience you have as you engage with the product and we don't even start to look at these things from a strategic level and the problem this causes is that people organizations are not getting the most out of their relationships either way either as a supplier or as a customer so if i think about uh one of the things we're engaged in and that is we um talking to some some financial firms about you know potentially uh, taking on some of our business and one of the things which we've said very clearly is we want a strategic partner we don't just want a trusted advisor that's actually given in financial services we want someone to say did you know this have you thought about this why are you doing it that way have you ever considered doing it this way we want someone that is going to look at that through that lens not just in the product they give us the product is the product yeah you're going to lodge some our annual returns, that's just a product. There's no value there. They can't add any more value than someone else. It's the same functionality. 
where they can add value is playing at the strategic partnership level. And if you start thinking about how you can apply this in your business, it really starts to stretch you because what it does is it makes you realize that you're offering the same thing that probably 10, 50, or in my case, 500 other organizations are offering. So I can't afford to play in the product and experience value. I've got to play at a much higher level of the type of value that I'm looking to deliver to our customer base, to the people that trust us, to people that want to engage us. We've got to be playing at a higher level of value. And simply focusing in on my product and my the experience isn't enough. Now, it's important. Make no mistake, it's important. I don't want to over, I don't want to downsell the idea that your product and the experience attached to it needs to be first class, it needs to be world class, it needs to be the best practice, best of breed, best in show, whatever it is, terminology you want to use. It's got to be all that. And I'm encouraging you, please think about how can you climb that ladder to start playing in a strategic partnership role. If I think about some of my customers, I wonder. Uh, with the people that uh, are buying their services, are they thinking of themselves as a strategic partner? Are they thinking of themselves as the ones that aren't just offering a product and then the experience around? Because that's very transactional. That's very transactional. If you, if you, you know, if we use an example which a lot of organisations use, and it's McDonald's, and McDonald's, you know, they do, they know their product back to front. They have standardized their product, they've systemized their product. There's no more value they can stack into that thing if you even need it. Their experience is pretty, pretty same. They've stacked value into that. You know, they know how to upsell and cross-sell and they do all those things. The results they bring, yeah, well, the results are that people who like that type of thing, they have a happy time there and their kids are happy because they get to play in the playground. But where McDonald's can't go is the idea of trusted advisor and strategic partner. You're not suddenly going to ring up uh, McDonald's and talk to them and ask them for advice about food. They don't play in that market. They don't need to play in that market. They've got the first three levels dominated. Very transactional. But if you're not in a transactional business, if you're not in a transactional leadership role, we've got to be aiming for levels four and five. Now, remember, you don't just suddenly get there. You don't just suddenly get to strategic partner after you know a short period of time it's, it's going to take time there's going to be things events circumstances which are going to lead to that but that's where we need to play that's where we can stack so much more value and i'm convinced i'm convinced your competitors are not thinking about this the leaders in your business you as a leader need to be thinking about this thinking about customer value and what more can you do and where are you playing and have you done enough have you done enough for your customers we've all got an obligation to look to do more the reason i do this podcast is because i want to raise the standard of leadership the customer relationship is in the leader's hands what are we doing to make sure that we're adding more value so much more value then they can't even consider going anywhere else that you are the first and only choice for whatever service or product you provide, that it is not about the transactional levels of value. It is about these top two levels of value, which is about being a trusted advisor or being a strategic partner. My challenge to you is this. Go away from the podcast. Start to look at your product and service through each of the five levels and see, be honest about where you're at. 
And what you'll probably find is that you're at different stages for different customers. So if you've just brought on a new customer, I started, for example, I started a brand new program last uh, week. Now, I've known the decision maker for a little while, but I don't know the participants in the room. So I see myself as having two customers, the client, but also the people in the room. And so I'm at different levels of trust with them, different levels of where I can stack value. So initially, I need to make sure that those people going through that program, that the product they experience is the best it could possibly be. And then I will start working towards with them how they can get to that point of where they are ringing me up and they're saying, Julian, we'd like your advice on X because that is when you're at level four, which is trusted advisor. And then that's a great platform for becoming a strategic partner. So there you have it. The five levels of customer value. I'll recap once again, just so they're clear in your mind. I really wanted to take these ideas away. First is your product slash service, making sure it's the best it can be. Second level of value is the experience that people go through as they are engaging with your product or service. Third level of value is all about the results slash business outcomes. What actually happens for someone that engages you? Fourth level of value is this idea of being a trusted advisor. So when they need information, when they need insight, they come to you. And the fifth and final level of Customer value is this idea of the strategic partner. This is where you are deliberately doing things so that you can provide insight to them, so you can question them, so that you can challenge them because they trust you're doing that from the best place, which is their their best interest at heart. And when you get to that level, that's playing at a whole new level. And I'm a big believer that most organizations aren't even aware that level exists but playing purely at the transactional level. So go away, pull it all apart, start to think about where, you, where you're playing with different customers and clients and then decide what you're going to do about it. And I strongly encourage you to start doing something about it. Make each level of value the best it can possibly be. And so there you have it, uh, another episode for the, for the curriculum ecosystem, which is all about the five levels of value. I think or I hope that you're as excited about this idea and this framework as I am. It's something which uh, particularly I find really, really fascinating and also really, really important. And I think all leaders need to be taking the lead on the customer relationships. So until next time, bye for now. Well, that wraps up episode 58 of the Synergy and Leadership Podcast, another curriculum ecosystem content episode for you. I'd like you to encourage you to head on over to the Synergen Group website and engage in a conversation with us. Tell us what you liked about the episode, tell us who you'd like us to interview, or tell us what sort of content you'd like us to deliver. And if you're an iPhone user, please feel free to head over to the Apple site and leave us a review. In next week's episode, I speak with Jeremy Nichols, who is the author of The Power of Culture, how to transform your organization through the one thing that is hard to overlook and difficult to shift. It's another great author interview. So until then, we'd love to hear what you think and happy listening.